Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, good evening and welcome to the bench. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you until 7 o'clock on a jam-packed Saturday evening of sport. We'll have reaction very shortly to the Cork footballers' defeat to Kildare in the league today at Semple Stadium. We'll also go live to Semple Stadium to look ahead to the Cork Hurlers game against Tipperary this evening. That throws in at 7.30. We'll go live to Semple Stadium ahead of that. Good win for the Cork Camogie team over Tipperary today as well. Linda Mellerick will be joining us to chat about that. We'll reflect on Cork City's nil-nil draw with UCD last night. City captain Garrod Morrissey joins me. We'll look ahead to Cove Ramblers versus Shelburne this evening and Ronnie Whelan will be here as well to talk about the FA Cup final and a big weekend in the Premier League all coming up between now and 7 o'clock here on the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Yeah, good evening. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you. I'm here until 7 o'clock and my God, we've got a load of stuff to get through tonight. Very, very busy show on the bench. As I said, the Cork footballers beaten earlier on today in uh, Semple Stadium, part of that double header with the Cork footballers and Cork hurlers both involved. The final score there was Kildare 2-12, Cork 14 points. So we will have a reaction from that game a little bit later on in the show. Uh, the Cork hurlers in action against Tipperary as well tonight, of course, on the back of their great win against Waterford down in Porky Creeve last Sunday. So we'll go live to Semple Stadium and chat to Valerie live from Semple Stadium uh, a little bit later on in just a few minutes in fact as well and uh, as I said a good win for the Cork Camogie team today against Tipperary hopefully that might be an omen of what's to come when Cork and Tip do battle in the hurling later on this evening the final score in that one Cork 3-14 Tipperary 16 points in the Camogie we have a full roundup of all the, the day's sport right now and we'll start uh, elsewhere in the Gaelic games because um, quite a few games on today as I said Cork were beaten by Kildare in the football 2-12 to 14 points elsewhere champions Kerry hammered Galway 421. My God, what a win for Kerry. Champions Kerry hammering Galway. 421 to 11 points in Tralee today in the opening round of the Alliance National Football League. And uh, at the moment, it is level between Tyrone and Donegal in the Northwest Derby at Oma. We'll have more on that for you in the minute. Um, half seven thrown then, as we said, for you at Semple Stadium for the meeting of rivals Tipperary and Cork. And uh, Dublin leading Leash. 13 points to 11 at half time in their Division 1 Alliance National Hurling League game in Port Leach this evening as well so we'll keep you up to date on those right throughout the show in the Premier League Leeds had the early game of the day against Burnley 4-0 the final score in the first Premier League game of the day Peter Smith was there Burnley 0 Leeds United 4 Matthias Klink got the scoring underway with a fine individual goal 5 minutes before half time but Leeds really came alive after the break with flowing quality Jack Harrison deflected in Asia Alioski's shot on the hour before substitute Rodrigo claimed two magnificent goals his first to dink over the keeper after turning between two defenders with his second in as many minutes from an angle after an outstanding first touch Bernie nil Leeds United 4 then the second game of the day was Southampton up against Fulham. Fulham uh, already relegated, so Southampton uh, putting more misery on them. A 3-1 defeat for Fulham today at St. Mary's. Alan Lewis was there. It's finished. Southampton 3, Fulham 1. Southampton make it back-to-back 3-1 victories. It was all very comfortable at first. Shea Adams put them in front in the first half. Nathan Teller got a second less than two minutes after coming on as a substitute. 
But then suddenly Fulham woke up. Caviero and Brian went close before 18-year-old Fabio Carvalho pulled a goal back on his first Premier League start for the club. But any hopes of a comeback were extinguished when Theo Walcott scored a third with just eight minutes left. Southampton are ending the season strongly. They've beaten Fulham by three goals to one. Yeah, good win for Southampton there. The other game in the Premier League later on this evening is Brighton taking on West Ham. West Ham, of course, still chasing that. uh, You know, it would be a dream for them to get into the top four and get the Champions League, and they might still do it. You'd never know. They're um, six points behind Chelsea with the game in hand as it stands, so nothing uh, nothing impossible about that, and stranger things have happened. Speaking of Chelsea, it is the FA Cup final at Wembley. Big, big game for Chelsea and Leicester. Halftime there at Wembley. It's Chelsea nil, Leicester nil. If Leicester were to win the FA Cup, it would be the first time in the club's history that they've ever won the trophy, which would be absolutely amazing. And it would be amazing as well if Jamie Vardy was to get the winning goal because Jamie Vardy, throughout his career, he has played in every round of the FA Cup because he played so long way down the leagues in non-league football. So like way through from right the preliminary rounds and the first round, second round, third round, fourth round, fifth round, so on. Uh, he's played in the quarterfinal, the semi-final with Leicester, but he's never played in a cup final before. So this is his first FA Cup final and now means that he's one of the very, very few players ever in history to play in every single round of the FA Cup. And if he was to get the winning goal for Leicester today, it'd be quite the story, but it remains scoreless at halftime there. Chelsea nil. Leicester nil elsewhere then in Scotland Rangers finished the Scottish Premiership season unbeaten today Stephen Gerrard's side were crowned champions back in March but uh, they hammered Aberdeen 4-0 at Ibrox today and they were presented with their medals uh, and the trophy after the match there's two games in the SSE Premier uh, SSE Artricity League Premier Division this evening of the League of Ireland uh, they've just gotten underway Shamrock Rovers up against Derry City at Talla and uh, just a few minutes gone in that game still scoreless and all also a few minutes gone in Longford Longford against Bowes and scoreless in that game as well um, as we mentioned uh, Camogie a good win today for um, Cork 3.14 to 16 points uh, over tip in Porky Cueve um, it was the Littlewoods Ireland National Camogie League getting underway today and Dublin were beaten by the All-Ireland Champions Kenny in a scoreline of 1.8 to 6 points Galway beat Clare 3.11 to 15 points and as we said Cork had that win down in Porky Cueve as well and just finally for now on our roundup in the golf Seamus Power will tee off from 11 under par in Texas at 20 past 6 so in about 15 minutes time for his third round in the Byron Nelson on the PGA Tour he's in a tie for 11th and 6 shots behind halfway leader Sam Burns right let's go to a busy busy day at Semple Stadium and we will have reaction very very shortly to the Cork footballers defeat to Kildare in the Allianz National Football League but the Allianz National Hurling League continues for Cork tonight they got off to a great start last weekend I was down there myself in Porky Cueve and uh, it was a great win against Waterford Cork scoring five goals in that game so they'll be hoping to continue their winning ways against Tipperary this evening and right now we're going to cross live to Semple Stadium Valerie Wheeler is there Valerie how are you? Hi Harry King Colin how are you keeping? I'm great you're out and about more live matches again this weekend it's great isn't it I know I don't know what to do with myself I have dinners I'm here for the double header so I have dinners and I have snacks and I have bananas and I have apples I have a big <laughs> massive bag of food with me so there's fear of me that's a proper GAA day isn't it 
<laughs> all I'm missing is the flask of tea now, Colin. The flask That's of all tea, I'm yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, mentioned Cork's win last weekend. I was down there myself for Cork and Waterford um, for the bench last weekend on Sunday and didn't really know what to expect from Cork going into the game, but certainly they put in a very, very good performance and a high-scoring performance as well. Uh, Patrick Horgan, as we were talking about him last week, banging in the points, but all around from Cork, I mean, five goals. I can't remember the last time I saw Cork get five goals. So it was a good win to start off their season last week and uh, good to rack up some goals and points as well, wasn't it? Yeah, look, to be honest, as you mentioned, we no one really knew what to expect from any team last weekend. And I think we were all really hoping that Cork would get the win at home because it was important to get a good start because you're only trailing behind if you you know, if you know, lose your first game mm. column. And I think everyone was really surprised to see how up for the match that Cork was. I think for years, you know, fans of Cork are looking for something special. And I think something like Sunday last week will definitely give them the support going forward and keep people interested. And um, you did mention the goals, like there really haven't been goal scoring yeah. or goal scorers in the league over the last few years, but um it's been great. It was great to see. I couldn't get over it. I wasn't working at one stage. I looked and I was like, Are Cork after getting five goals? Like to question it. But you know it was and I think it's really important that we did see that Kingston did use some new faces as well and that they got their score on the board and I think, you know, the proper and most important thing now, I think, tonight's column is that that's consistent and, you know, that they show up again tonight and that it just wasn't a fluke the first day out. That's vital. But uh, just looking back firstly to last weekend for a second, Valerie, and um, you mentioned the goal scorers. I mean, four different goal scorers, five goals, four different goal scorers. So it was nice to see, see a spread of different guys getting the goals as well, wasn't it? Yeah, look, it was, and that's important too because, like, you can't just we like, we mentioned it last week, you know, about relying on Patrick Horgan, and I think both players and even management answered our questions about like they're not just going to rely on Hoggy anymore, you know, and I think it's really good that we have seen other players put their hands up and to be able to get the goals because, like, for years we we're relying on the likes of Seamus Tyrone as him, and Seamus Tyrone wasn't doing it. Who else was going to do it, you know? So I think having those on their getting their especially their start to the league you know I think it was a huge start for Cork and we're all very excited to see what's going to happen here tonight We are indeed and you mentioned Patrick Horgan um, obviously like the goals kind of took the reliance off him a little bit but he still got the, the vast vast majority of Cork's points I think it was something like 13 points he got down there last week so he was banging him in again as we've come to expect I am not surprised look he's absolutely a magician like I just think that he is one of the best hurlers in the country and like I will always have so much time for Patrick Horgan because they always have that fear column that he'll never get the medal that he deserves, <laughs> you know. And, and I think that it's important that people of Cork just realise how much of a great hurley he is. And I think people do. And I think people outside of Cork do as well. But, you know, when he just didn't have the team around him before to help him out, you know, that really wasn't standing to his case. So it, it, it's nice to see that there is a few other players around him now that can help him out. And that he himself is still, like, he's over 30, he's in his 30s yeah. now, Colin, and he's still able to perform like that it's just it's something else to watch really it's great and tonight it's Tipperary up in Semple Stadium where you are right now Valerie and they're the opponents and I mean Tip is always a tough tough game for Cork but Cork love going to Semple Stadium always as well and they'll do so now buoyed with that confidence of last week won't they yeah, and I think that's important. They need to use those signs of the confidence now and they need to drive on again tonight, as I mentioned earlier. That word consistent, like, I'd love to be able to see Cork do the exact same thing they did last weekend against Waterford. It would absolutely be outrageous. Yeah. Looking at Tipperary, you know, Tipperary, you never know what happens at Tipperary. I feel like Tipperary is so unknown, and especially after last weekend, I was at the Tip and Limerick game. Yeah, you know, I was just going to say, you watched, you watched them last week, so what did you make of Tipperary yeah. last week? I, I think Tipperary last week, Colin, they appeared to invest a bit more than usual against Limerick. Mm. 
I just thought, you know, and, and Liam Sheedy would have been very happy to go home with the draw because it probably was a fair result in yeah. the end. But at the same time, I think Tipperary could have actually beaten Limerick last weekend. They didn't really need to let Limerick get back into it. So, like, Tip were good last weekend against Limerick and, you know, those, uh, Cork and Tip, they're just a, they, these two teams meeting rarely disappoint. I really do think that when Tip and Cork meet, they rarely disappoint. But it'll be interesting to see now what's going to happen here tonight. Like, will, you know, there be many changes, last changes, I wonder, to the team. And I know Cork have made a few changes themselves. Um, Kingston has made four changes to the team. Yeah. Sean O'Leary Hayes. Uh, Robert Downey, Shane Kingston and Alan Cadigan are coming into the side tonight. So even after a big win last weekend, Kingston is going, nah, I'm going to change it up a bit, see what's going to happen, you know, and it's nice, it's great to see him blood a few players throughout the league season to do and making way, of course, is um, uh, is losing out is Sean O'Donoghue, Seamus Harnsey, Jack O'Connor and Shane Barrett. Um, they're probably, they came over Watford last weekend, but they lose out this week. Yeah, so you mean- never know, there might be signs of them on... Um, on the panel at some stage, That's I do bit, know there's two positions. Probably a little bit harsh. Probably a little bit harsh on the lads uh, from last week. I mean, but uh, I, I suppose really what he's doing, Valerie, is as you mentioned, he's using the league to blood players, and he, he's changing things around, and he's trying to get as many guys um, up to speed as possible. I suppose really, isn't he? And, and they can do so now after getting the win last week. Yeah, they can. And to be honest, like it's now more than ever you can do that because Colin, you can't be doing that the first round of championship. But <laughs> here, I'll throw him in here for the crack and see how he gets on. Like Kingston will want to have his team nailed Absolutely. down come championship time. So it's now more than ever because people are questioning whether the league means anything to anyone this year. Who knows whether it does? But I do think that it's an important marking ground for players to be able to get their chance to shine. And hopefully now that these, like Kingston, will give a few more lads over the next couple of weeks a chance also. What do you make of kind of if we if we look a bit ahead? I mean, even beyond tonight's game and in towards championship season and things. Do you think we can judge anything from what we saw of Cork last week? Do you think it'll it'll be a good sign for the season to come, or do you think an opening league game is is something you can't really judge it on? Um, I think you should ask that question after tonight. Because <laughs> we wait for the second one. So they fared in Tipperary and see was the Waterford game just a total fluke yeah. start where Waterford really bad. But if Cork put in a huge performance here and beat Tipperary tonight, that'll be two wins now too, and that'll be huge confidence going forward. You know, and I think heading into the championship. Like we've got the fixtures during the week, we've got the dates. I mean, like it's very exciting, Colin. Very I know exciting. Some yeah. people listening now that probably are not into hurling or whatever, like, will she calm down? But you know, Limerick are out to our Cork are out to Limerick on the third of June. So like they haven't long realistically, no. Colin, and they're in a column. Sorry, excuse me, and they're in a semi final of the Munster Championship. So that'll also be a massive game. So I think now more so than ever that um, Kingston will be delighted just to get a few players out there. But if they continue this run, will they be able to last in? You know, will they tire out come Championship season? You don't want to be given too much in the league either, Colin. You know mm, what I mean? Absolutely. Um, it's an exciting summer at GA ahead, and I mean it's great to have it back, Valerie, and it's great as we said last week to be to be able to go to the games. You're there today. I was there last week, and you were some games last week as well it's just very very exciting for the players and so on and we're hoping fingers crossed that we get some fans back there soon as well aren't we because yeah, I thought Porky Cleaver yeah, was, was strange empty last Minister week Minister Catherine Martin last week mentioned that she'd like to do a few pilot events in June and like who knows maybe it could be a Munster Championship game and who knows maybe you could have a thousand or two thousand people in there I mean there's millions of people vaccinated now at the moment mm. so what's stopping us from throwing in a few vaccinated people there or even family members that would be used to being around the players and stuff but like 
it's just great to see my father was vaccinated on Friday column and I know yeah. he's itching to get back to a game so I feel like he'll be hot in my heels if there's fans allowed back in the stadium you know it's fantastic because I think uh, my own parents were vaccinated as well in the past couple of weeks and I think it's it's a huge weight off everyone's minds then uh, family and friends and everything for the people themselves uh, and people want to get back out now and get to events and if we're looking at at the UK Valerie and they're kind of leading the way I mean there's 20,000 people today in Wembley at the moment at the FA Cup final so I mean if that all goes well over there then they'll start saying here right we can get people back into stadiums for the championship at some stage later on in the championship obviously not full crowds but get get maybe a couple of thousand in there and then back maybe at League of Ireland games and rugby games and, and you'd hope maybe by autumn then we'll have, we'll have fans back in all the stadiums Yeah look I think it'd be a welcome return the game is really not the same without it you know it's very it's very strange it's very eerie they kind of feel like a bit like you're in sometimes if the match isn't too great Colin I'm not being smart now but you feel like you're just at a training session <laughs> and like yeah. that and that's not good either, you know. That's not a good spectacle for us. Or, and I don't know, I haven't seen many of them on TV now, but I suppose you don't miss it as much if you're sitting at home watching mm. down television. You don't you don't really miss the atmosphere as much, but I know when you're sitting in the stand, you know yourself after being in a big, massive stadium like Parsi Creed this weekend and here in Turles against Dice, you will notice that crowd mixing. You certainly do. As, as you said, Like it can feel like a training session just at the empty stadium. Something feels wrong without the fans there. Uh, yeah. but, but Valerie, just to wrap up, so Cork and Tip kicking off for throwing in Sorry at um, half seven this evening. If you had to call it now, if I had to get a prediction off you, would you be bold enough to make a prediction? I will be bold enough to make a prediction and I would like to go, my verdict this week column is going to be Cork. Fantastic. I like your confidence. I like your style. All right. Hopefully it is a Cork I, uh, win. Cork by about four points. <laughs> That'll do. That'll do, Grand. Cork by about four points. Valerie up in Semple Stadium ahead of the Cork game getting underway um, in just over an hour's time there at 7.30. Listen, Valerie, enjoy the game and uh, we'll chat to you soon, all right? Cheers, Callum. And earlier in Temple Stadium, things weren't uh, great for the Cork footballers. They were beaten by Kildare in their opening league game in the Alliance National Football League. Kildare 2-12, Cork 14 points was the final score in that game. Valerie was at that match earlier as well. And uh, afterwards, she went to the press conference and amongst the other journalists caught up with uh, Rona McCarthy, the Cork football manager, who was understandably disappointed with the results. With the, with the defeat... Um I think in a in a seven round national league, the first game is always important. In a three round, you know, it's even more important. So uh, everybody wants to get off to a good start, and it's disappointing to lose the game. That would be great stuff for for twenty twenty five minutes. Didn't didn't translate on the scoreboard, which was probably the most disappointing part of it. Um, and then you know the two I suppose quick fire goals, you know, put us under pressure. So. We, we tried to get back, but we left a lot to do. Um, but it's supposed to be a great first half. You know, they, look, they're a good side and they're a very shrewd manager. And, you know, they're probably a bit further down the line than us. But uh, I thought we looked a really good side in that in that opening period. And, um, you know, mixed up play well between going, hitting on the counter-attack and, you know, being patient. Kevin Russell got a great, got a great score uh, at one point where we kept the ball for, I'd say, two minutes. But... Um, we started kind of snatching at chances and you know certainly I didn't feel the, the scoreboard half and we should have been behind you know I mean I feel we should have been you know three or four points ahead Ron it's a case of just a bit building on that first 25 minutes are there the positives you can take into next week but the nature of the job is you're always trying to look at positives but I mean you can't shy away from the negatives either which is that um, they had a period where they, you know they, they dominated the game there for a period in the second half in particular, um, and 
you know, yeah, look, one of the goals came off a crossfield ball, I think it was a mistake of our own, um, but we left ourselves a lot to do, but you know, we couldn't have any complaint based on, on the second half, even though we worked hard trying to get back into it, we never looked like scoring a goal really, um, so I think, yeah, of course, we emphasise the positives going into the game next week, but we, we don't shy away from the negative either. And it makes it very hard now to come out of this group in another tough match next Saturday night yeah. up in Port Leash. You win your two, to win your two remaining games, you come out of it. Um, but but they're both tough games and they're both away from home. And um, they, but that's the nature of it. It's Division Two, and um, you know it's probably the most competitive division that's there. And. Uh, that is Cork manager Cork football manager Rona McCarthy they're reflecting on their um, defeat today to Kildare in the National Football League the final score there as we said Cork 14 points Kildare 2-12 a man who was much happier was Kildare boss Jack O'Connor and uh, Valerie caught up with him at the press conference afterwards as well yeah well delighted with the the last three quarters of the game you know we we didn't start great, no. Cork kicked the first three points and looked very comfortable with the, the game they were playing. They, 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 they ran and they had overlaps. So it took us about 15 minutes to get the grips with them. But I thought after that we, we started controlling the game and, and kind of played it on our, our terms. We, we were able to get bodies back, turn them over and play on the break, which, is, which was great from our point of view. And uh, we went in at half time, a point up, not having played great in my estimation. Uh, Cork were a bit unlucky that they weren't at least level if not ahead at half time because they missed they missed a fair few chances down there so second half we said to the boys at half time that we could play a lot better than that and in the second half we did and pleasing thing for me is there was great fighting the team today they fought like like Tigers for every ball and particularly in the tackling the, the, you know we tackled in twos and threes and, and showed great desire and look uh, we won't get carried away with one day but it just uh, gives us confidence that we're, we're going the right direction that's all Defensively Jack it was clear how you were set up and to the extent the extent to which you frustrated Cork how much was that influenced by what happened uh, in your most recent competitive outing last year? Well we <laughs> thanks for reminding me of that one no. um, look Jesus lads we were awful disappointed coming out of Croke Park we thought we had played well in the first half against Mead and then we then the 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 source canal opened up in the second half and we we just left them run through so look obviously it's been influenced a little bit by that we, we we were trying to get better defensively we didn't have a huge amount of time to work with the lads last year i think we had two weeks after the after the club season to get all the players together so it, it wasn't easy work on stuff we've had a bit more time we've had four weeks this time and uh, i thought we were we were we were solid out i don't think we gave away too many goal chances never mind goals so yeah to answer your question I think it was influenced a bit Jack uh, Derek Irwin and Jimmy Hoyland really grew into that game as it went on is that particularly pleasing her? Oh they're two good young lads two good young players and they have a good chemistry between them now Daniel Flynn was on fire early on it was just an awful pity he had to go off uh, so we just hope Daniel now isn't too bad he is looks like he's a bit of a hamstring twinge so we'll, we, we'll assess him but uh, he kept us actually in the game Early on in the first 20 minutes, he, it was he kept us in the game. So, uh, but the boys, the boys grew up inside. They're, they're two young lads, and they, they, um, you know, they played well together. And, and, and Neil Flynn, Neil Flynn gave us a nice focal point as well when when he came on and used the ball very well. In, in the short Kim, format, in the short format, how important is a win? Like, can you start thinking Actually, about the promotion? Or? Was, it was crucial, of course. The first game was crucial because 
like you're on the back foot if you don't win that one and uh, sure it keeps us in the hunt to get to, to get to get another game uh, in in in, uh, in the in the semi-finals or whatever they call them I, I'm not too sure what they call them all right guys that is uh, Kildare boss Jack O'Connor nice and happy after his win over Cork today Cork 14 points Kildare 212 the final score there now as we mentioned a little while ago chatting to Valerie Cork and Tip doing battle in the hurling tonight in the Alliance National Hurling League but earlier on today Cork and Tip did battle in the Camogie in the first game of the National Camogie League and Cork hopefully it's a good omen for Cork versus Tip later in the hurling hopefully it's a, a good sign Cork got off to a winning start there 314 to 16 points the final score there for the Cork Camogie team a great win for them I'm joined now by legendary Cork Camogie star Linda Mellerick and Linda was at the game today how are you Linda? I'm good thanks Colm how are you? Very good um, and as I said a good win for Cork today and a, and a nice scoreline as well It was Colm it was a very impressive performance actually for their first day out you know I think everyone's a bit rusty yeah. and uh, I was very impressed with Cork uh, they were lively uh, and fluid they had some very good passes I was I was very impressed with their fitness levels. Um, they were well deserving of their win. Probably should have won by more. Uh, Tipperary came back with five points there in the last quarter. Um, you know, Cork made substitutes. Maybe they were starting to tire a bit. But overall, a very good performance by Cork, you know, considering, you know, a lot of, a lot of new faces as well being selected today. How did the new faces fit in, do you think? Obviously, just the first game. You know, we did fine. It, you know, it's, it's, it's a big step up. It's going to take time. Ashley Egan was there uh, in full back, and Kiro Sullivan was um, was left left half forward, and then the likes of uh, Isabel O'Regan, Isabel Sheen from the minors came up and, and got on there in the last few minutes. So you know, it's, it's going to take time, um, but you know, a, a good baptism for them today, I think. Um, apparently they had a very nice style of play as well today did very very well and a lot of people on Twitter kind of commenting on their style of play that was very impressive yes it was very impressive I think their work rate was great and you know what I liked about it as well Colm that they varied it a bit you know they yeah. they, they had their short running passing game um, but they also took took some um, some good long distance strikes some of them fell short into the keeper's hands but you know it's early days and that's to be expected um, but you know I thought they varied it well um, they really had Tipperary sixes and sevens at the time with the fluency of their play. And I thought, you know, um, Laura Tracy, halfback line were great. Laura Tracy was excellent at centre back. And Katrina Mackey and Ashton Thompson were outstanding in the middle of the field. Um, and they got five points between them. Um, some of them lovely points from distance. So, you know, um, I was impressed with the performance first day out. I suppose it was vital for the players and really kind of just great for the players I suppose more than anything to, to finally get back on the pitch Linda I mean it, it's been a, a long old layoff It is and you know you can have all the Zoom training sessions you want you can do all <laughs> the the 5Ks you want uh, but it's nothing like you know getting out there and having the, the intensity of competition and uh, I'm sure I'm sure every player that took to the pitch today and every code was just buzzing to get back there. And uh, and certainly you could see a spring in Cork step today and you could tell that they were enjoying themselves. And how do you think Cork are shaping up now after seeing them today for the first time this season? How do you think they're shaping up for the season overall? Well, you know, it's going to take time. You know, I think, uh, as I said, you know, they probably have around 10 seasoned campaigners after that. They... You know, they're young and inexperienced. I think the average age after that is about 20. Um, so they, you know, uh, their panel is young overall. If you look through the subs, you know, a lot of big names gone. Um, 
you know, the good thing about today is that they're now through to a quarterfinal, so they'll play Waterford in two weeks' time, and mm. then they'll have a quarterfinal. So, you know, that's uh, the more games, the better. And from that point of view, I think the management will be happy. Absolutely. A good win and a good start to the season for Cork today. Linda Mellorick, thanks a million for joining us. Not at all, Colm. Thank you. Bye-bye. See you later. Okay, that is Linda Mellorick there reflecting on Cork Camogie's win over uh, Tipperary today down in Porky Cueve earlier on this afternoon. A great win and a great start to the league campaign for Cork in the Camogie. As we said, the Cork Hurlers a great start last week. Hopefully they can continue that tonight against Tipperary. It's a 7.30 throw and that game is live on television on RT as well. They have live coverage of that game if you want to watch it later on tonight. And we'll have all the reaction to that match here on the big red bench with Rory in the hot seat tomorrow evening from 6pm. Now, um, it is FA Cup final day. Uh, Not sure if the FA Cup still holds quite as much prestige and razzmatazz and glamour as it did maybe 20 or 30 or 40 years ago, but it is still a trophy and it is still a big trophy and it's Chelsea and Leicester in the final at Wembley at the moment and the score there at half-time still at Wembley, Chelsea nil. Leicester nil. Leicester hoping to win the trophy for the first time in their history. Can they do it? We'll find out more than likely in the next 45 minutes, certainly in the next hour or so anyway. And we'll keep you up to date on the scoreline there of how Chelsea and Leicester are getting on. In front of 22 thousand fans today. Isn't that brilliant? 22,000 fans in Wembley. Absolutely fantastic. Hopefully we can go down that route and get the fans into stadiums and into grounds here pretty soon as well. Right, we're going to take a break and then on the way we are talking about Cork City. Cork City captain Garrod Morrissey will be joining me live to reflect on last night's Nil-nil draw up in Dublin against league leaders or joint league leaders UCD. We'll also look ahead to Cove Ramblers versus Shelburne in the first division down in St. Coleman's Park tonight. And the one and only, the legendary Ronnie Whelan will be here looking ahead to all the weekend's football, the rest of it at least, and uh, reflecting on Man City being crowned champions and so on during the week as well. So all that, plenty more to come here on the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, it is the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you until 7 o'clock. Uh, just keeping you up to date, as we said, on the FA Cup final. And it is halftime there at Wembley. And the score remains. It is uh, Chelsea nil, Leicester City nil in that game there. Um, big, big game for both sides. Obviously, Leicester hoping to win the trophy for the first time in their history, as I said a little while ago. Now, we're going to be talking football closer to home right now. And in a few minutes, we're looking ahead to big game for Cove Ramblers down in St. Coleman's Park this evening they're taking on league leaders Shelburne or at least joint league leaders Shelburne and last night Cork City took on the other joint league leaders in the first division UCD up at the Belfield Bowl in Dublin and it finished Cork City nil UCD nil a valuable point for Cork City in a game uh, they had plenty chances to win Cork City put in a very good performance last night I'm joined now by Cork City captain Garrod Morrissey Garrod thanks for joining us yeah, thanks for having me, Con. No worries. Uh, good to get back on the pitch last night, I suppose, anyway, for you. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's been a while now for me. Like, uh, I picked up a calf injury and um, been out now, so it's been maybe just over a month kind of a thing. Um, so, yeah, look, I've been working hard now with the physios and stuff and, you know, getting back involved with the lads last week in training. So, um, delighted to actually get back on the pitch last night and get a couple of minutes. Um, you know, albeit just more than a half or 45 or what it was. 
Absolutely. And uh, as I said, a point on the road against UCD. Were you happy with the result? Um, I mean, you had plenty of chances to win the game as well, so it was a good performance. Yeah, it was a very good performance. And um, look, we're building the whole time. So, you know, it's, uh, it takes a while. And uh, I think we're, we're getting there. And, you know, Colin, he, he, you know, on the pitch, he, on, in the training ground, we're, we're working hard and we're working on things. And um, it, it just takes time for everybody to kind of get on the same page. And, you know, it's, I think... Um, you know, we've in the last three games we've been solid um, defensively and with the Bray game and, and the the Wexford game we added goals to that. Um, last night we could have added goals. It was just we, we had the better chances of the game. So you know, it's probably from our point of view, it's probably two points dropped. Um, you know, and they're top of the table. So um, that's uh, that's just the way it is at the moment. But no, we're um, you know we're working hard and like I said, we've been building the whole time and um, we're getting there. So look, we've. We're solid defensively, three clean sheets. We're buzzing with that, and um, there's there's goals. We we have a belief now that we can score goals. So I think um, you know we're we're really positive going forward. Um, I was watching it myself last night, and uh, I thought you played very well. And I mean, I agree with what you're saying. Maybe it was two points dropped, but that's a very positive thing to be saying. No, Gerard, to look at it like that and say, "Geez, we wish we got the three points," because only a few weeks ago it was a bad run of results, and now you've totally turned that around in the last couple of weeks. And uh, you got the draw and Bray, big, big win against Wexford then as well, and um, a point last night. But it was a game you could have won. So I mean, I mean, things are certainly turning around, aren't they? Yeah. Look, and like as I was saying there, like Collins constantly drilling into us that it's. You know the, the amount of how hard you need to work in this division to get a result. Um, and look, we're doing it week in, week out now, and we're putting in the shift. And look at the stats; it just wasn't happening for us. But we're we're, we're seeing now. Um, you know, the harder we work, the you know the, the rewards we get for it. Like, albeit a point, and um, you know, like three points last week. It's um, but look, there's no easy game in this division. Like, um, because you know, it can a game can be flipped on its head in a second here. Like, it's like mm. um. You know, it can become. It can all, It can be. There's a massive battle to be played in the first division in every game, more so than the Premier Division. I think where it can be. There's a lot more football to be played, whereas the first division. There's a lot of battling goes on, and you know, um, you know, pitches can be tricky and stuff. You know, for both teams, like you know, so, um, you know, we're working on that, and you have to take all that into account. So, um, like I said, no, Colm, I think the way we're going, and um, we're well drilled, and where where we know the we know the graph that's required to to we know the graph that's. Re- Required to get uh, any sort of res- result from a game, and um, look, the last three games have been fantastic. The boys have been brilliant. I've been involved in the one last night. Um, so look, it's, I think, uh, like you said, it's, it's taken a while, but we're getting there, and it's slowly but surely. But look, um, you've you've a, an unbelievable bunch of honest lads, honest staff. You know, you've every the passion. Uh, you know, we all know what it's about, um, and it, there's 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 no lack of effort. Everybody's giving it socks. So. To be to be to be turning things around slowly but surely, um, it's a massive positive at the moment, yeah. Absolutely, and um, you mentioned how, how tough the first division is and kind of how tight a league it is. I mean, for from your perspective, I suppose a guy who's looking at it, who's played a lot of games in the Premier Division over the years, and you're looking at the first division and you're seeing every week you can't. It's very hard to predict games. You're kind of going, this team is taking points off the other team, and it doesn't matter where teams are in the league. Maybe apart from Wexford, who are down at the bottom, all the other teams are all taking points off each other. I mean, it's really, really tight, and every game is a massive battle, isn't it? Hundred percent. Because, like I said, there's, there's, um, it's not just football comes into it in the first division. There's, there's, there's huge amounts of, uh, just I suppose, um. I'd call it crash bang wallop like you know what I mean it's just like you know there's tackles flying in yeah. and the pitches mightn't be great and 
you know, the conditions. It's uh, I suppose the Premier Division is a lot nicer. So, like, the, in, in that respect, in terms of pitches and, you know, football plays. So, you know, um, it's not always football that dictates the results in the... In the in the first division, as we've learned in the in the opening games, because like we've had a lot more of the possession and we've had a lot more of the, the nicer football, you would say. But um, I suppose when it came to uh, the nitty gritty of it, we kind of lost out, and that's probably why we we didn't pick up the the results we should have early on. But um, look, we're getting to grips with that now, and we realise how much of a bat, an absolute battle it is. Um, you know, and that's that's what's um, required, and you know, and and then you know you do that bit, you earn the right to play it. And, you, you hope you have the, the quality to, to win the game then and score goals. I mean, you mentioned the three clean sheets on the bounce. Fantastic to get three clean sheets in a row in the first division, Gerard. And um, it shows how, how really the, the side is very solid defensively now. And last night, going forward, creating a lot of chances, maybe a lot more chances than were created in some of the other games. So you have the defence kind of looks like it's sorted now. So the next step is to is to bang in a few of the goals, I suppose. And that, that's what that, that's what you'll probably be working on. Yeah, look, hundred percent. Um, the you know you 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 give yourself a chance as long as you're defensively solid. And you know, uh, credit to Mark McNulty. You know, he's commanded the defence back there. Yeah. And, you know, and the defence, the, the the back forward have been fantastic. You know, it's I know it's not just back forward. It's a whole it's a whole team. Everybody's getting back there. But um, you know, they've been the communication and the rest of it is from the first game to now. With um, you know, there's no comparison. You know, there's there's a we're at it, like, and you know, we're 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 becoming a bit, um, you know, a bit more solid and a bit more, um, just uh, the defending is a bit more assured. So I think, um, like you said, we're 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 kind of getting there with that. And I think in the Wexford game, we got both right, you know, solid defensively and scoring goals. So I think, like you said, it's it's look at the goal scoring now too, and um, like it's it's a case of being in the box and just putting the chances away, being being that bit more clinical because, like you said. I think last night we got bought right as well, but we probably just didn't score a goal. You know, we just need yeah. to add goals and um, just that little bit, be that little bit more clinical, I suppose, up top and um, where we'll be looking all right, like, you know. Back at the cross now on Friday night, Gerard, a big game against Galway, who got a late winner against Wexford last night. And obviously it's John Caulfield back at Turner's Cross as well. It'll be nice to see John back at the cross, but it'll be strange to have him in an opposition dugout, won't it? Yeah, yeah, very strange for all of us, I'd imagine, and the fans and, you know... Um, but it, it adds to it like it's massive you know mm. we've, there'll be uh, this week will take care of itself there'll be huge expectation good build up you know and, uh, John and Colin and you know we're, we're all very familiar with each other we all you know great great time and respect for each other but um, look uh, com- coming down to Friday night you know it's going to be a really big game and as you said at the cross we're, we're really looking forward to it and um, well, like, like it's one of them ones again the only the only and uh, negative is that there's no there's no fans there, you know, because yeah. it'd be another occasion that could be absolutely fantastic, um, in terms of atmosphere and stuff. But look, uh, we you know we know they're up, we know the fans are there, we know they're in the background backing us, and um, you know we go Friday night and uh, you know like us against Galway, they're um, you know they, they have a good team, you know they have a good team, probably not doing as well as they should be, um, but they have a good team, so it's going to be a big game. It's going we know how tough a task it's going to be and. Um, you know, no doubt Colin will be will be on it with us this week with Cairns and Nuts. 
Just finally, Gerard, uh, you mentioned the fans. Um, we're all missing the fans in Turner's Cross and the atmosphere and so on. Do you think the lack of fans has affected Cork City more than other clubs? I mean, a lot of clubs in the first division, let's be honest, wouldn't have a whole lot of fans there anyway. Um, watch, watching the game in UCD last night, I mean, it looked like a normal night in Belfield. There wouldn't be many there anyway. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, yeah. it affects Cork City more, doesn't it, Having it, that, that missing that home crowd? Yeah, no, um, I yeah, look, I, I totally get your point, and I, I do agree with it 100%. We would have, um, you know, Cork City, Cork City without without the fans, um, you know, it's um, it's not, you know, it's it's a fortress, it's a fortress at the, um, you know, in true history, it's always been, um, with the fans, the atmosphere, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you're, you know, it could be nil all there at seventy, and all yeah. of a sudden the fans get going and cheese you up. It does like, and I know it's, it's cliche and all the rest of it, but that. 12th man and but it actually does like you know I don't know how many times I've been on the pitch you know fans start chanting your name or whatever it is like that, that's obviously a great feeling and it kind of gets you going a bit doesn't it it does it does yeah. it gives you a boost and um, even even match day, the match day experience when you come in the gate and you see the fans and all the rest of it um, it's fantastic and it, it, it gets you going and it cheers you up um, so look I think it's a valid point we are we are probably missing more than other other clubs in the first division and um, can't wait to have them back to be honest definitely hopefully they're back at some stage over the summer listen Garo thanks a million for chatting to us and uh, best of luck on Friday night we'll see you at the cross on Friday right? appreciate it Tom. thanks for having me nice one that's Cork City Captain Garrod Morrissey uh, talking about their nil little draw with UCD last night and of course looking ahead to that game in Turners Cross on Friday night John Caulfield now managing Galway uh, returning to Turners Cross for the first time as an opposition manager um, going up against Cork City for I'd imagine it's the first time in John Caulfield's career ever um, as a player or manager going up against Cork City but hopefully Cork City can get a win on Friday night and uh, continue uh, what's turning into a, a bit of an unbeaten run unbeaten in three games at least now anyway and uh, three clean sheets in a row as well so um, just update you actually cross channel there's been a goal in the FA Cup final Tielemans has put Leicester 1-0 up against Chelsea so Leicester could be about to win the FA Cup for the first time in the club's history. Wouldn't that be absolutely amazing? I mean, they won the Premier League about four years ago, uh, four or five years ago at this stage. And uh, to win the FA Cup again, it's uh, it's an incredible era for Leicester. And Brendan Rodgers doing a great job there. So it would be nice to see them win that. I'd like to see Leicester win the FA Cup now today. And then Chelsea to win the Champions League in a couple of weeks. And no trophies for Man City. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, <laughs> uh, right, so we'll keep you up to date on that. There's, uh, there's still... Over 20 minutes left in that FA Cup final there at Wembley. So plenty could change in that game. We'll keep you up to date, as I said. We're going to chat to Ronnie Whelan in a few minutes as well. We'll hear his views on Man City winning the Premier League and uh, looking ahead to the rest of the weekend's games as well. But right now we're going to stick with League of Ireland. And um, the other team who are joined top of the First Division are Shelburne. And Shelburne could actually pull three points clear at the top of the First Division if they win tonight. But Cove Ramblers are their opponents down in St. Coleman's Park in Cove. And during the week, Rory was talking to uh, Stuart Ashton, the Cove manager, and also Ramblers midfielder Darren Murphy, chatting to Roar in the press conference during the week. Yeah, they, they know they know that they have to be at it, especially, as, as you're saying, the so-called one of the big teams, you know, but in, in all the games we play, we know we have to be at it and we have to be we have to be on the top of our form. And when we do that, we've matched teams, you know. And you know, from that point of view, you know, last week as well we matched we matched them all the way, you know, eight eighth minute, and we gave something silly away and it's cost us. And, you know, the lads 
have to put that right first and foremost. And as I said already, we've we spoke about it as a group. Um, we've all agreed on the way forward from it. You know, the camp is good. The spirits are high because you know uh, we know that if we cut those out, our performances have been good. Yes, we need to create uh, uh, convert a few opportunities that we're creating, but we believe we can do that. So. You know, the camp is good, the spirits are high. We just have to, as I keep saying, we just have to, in my own words to the lads, know when and where to play, know when to be, you know, a dirty side of the game, they call it these days. So that's that's my, my talk to them, you know, that we need to do that and when and where to do it, when to have the game management brought in, you know. So, as I said, we've had that as a group. We've agreed on it as a group, so hopefully moving forward from here on in, we can start putting those into place, you know. Yeah, um, I think for us now, it's just starting to get a bit, um, a bit frustrating because, yeah, because we are playing well and all that and playing good football, but I think it's starting to get to a stage where we need to just start getting points on the table and um, we take just um, a tough, solid game and just getting the points out of the stage and... Yeah, it's all about a good playing, good football, but it's all about results at the end of the day. So I think, yeah, we, we take that all day and tomorrow, uh, Saturday nights, just, just get a result. Yeah, obviously, of course, um, it's not where we want to be, like, but um, it's a long season, you know, it's still, still a lot of games to be played and all that. So we full uh, full confidence in ourselves. We've got a great squad, good players. Um, we, we all believe it's going to come right. So we're not getting too frustrated at the moment yet, like, so... Um, yeah, we'll just have to keep going, keep believing that we'll, we'll climb the table. Like, yeah, I, haven't, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen much of Shelton's analysis yet, so um, I think we'll probably just look at ourselves more than anything, um, continue doing what we're good at, playing football and um, try and win the game, I suppose. As you're saying, like, Shelton's, I suppose, he wanted the so-called big clubs. Like, so we'll, um, we'll if to get one over them Saturday, we'll obviously give us a, good, um, a huge lift. So, um yeah, we'll, we'll be going out to try and win the game obviously, I suppose, yeah. Stuart, can I ask you, um, how much does luck, I suppose, play into your run so far this season? Because, I mean, like, you're unlucky against Cork City opening day, unlucky with the red card a couple of weeks ago, unlucky last week to concede late. How much does luck play into this and do you feel like your luck is due to change? So, I think someone said to me the other day that if I didn't have bad luck, I'd have no luck. So, you know, it's... You know, and, you, and we can laugh and joke about those, but you know, um, yeah, I'm I'm a believer that you make your own luck. You know, like if you don't shoot, you'll never get a deflection. You know, you know those kind of things. If you don't go into the box, you'll never get a penalty. You know, so those kind of things we've got to we've got to believe in ourselves. Um, yes, I don't think we've had the the bounce of the ball, and at times for and against you know that's that's the way it is you know and then you know someone else said to me you know use up all your bad luck now and then the rest of the season you get the good luck so you know there's there's all those sayings and things um but i think as i as i said you know i think you you make your own luck by doing the right things and doing them properly and then you know you make the referee make decisions you know for or against you you know if we're stood off someone, we're never going to get a penalty, you know, those kind of things. So you've got to, you've got to make those things happen to get that rub of the green. Um, and hopefully, 
we can start getting a bit of that light, yeah. Um, Darren, you mentioned the word frustration a while ago. I mean, like, how have you found... Sorry. There we go. Radio professional Rory O'Hagan right here. Uh, Darren, you mentioned the word uh, frustration a while ago. I mean, like, how have you found it as a squad? Have you had chats amongst yourselves? I mean, like, and what's the move been like in training heading into heading into this weekend? Yeah, I suppose we all, we do, we talk and all that, but course is frustrating, but we're happy with how we're playing, you know, it's just... Um, it's just like she said we need to start making our own luck and all that we, we just need to start scoring on the other side it's kind of been in both boxes really we're probably happy with how we're playing in between both boxes but it's it's the, it's the defending side and probably um, taking our chances then so we as players we, we, we still believe in, like we're as good as any team on the day so um, we're not getting too carried away yet with us so we're still fully confident that we, we can make we can make playoffs at least you know and for yourself Darren obviously coming back into the team how have you found it kind of resettling yourself back into Ramblers and how have you found yourself or how would you rate your own performances I suppose this season yeah I'm, obviously I'm delighted to be back you know I spent uh, almost a year out of the league and um, I, I wanted to come back straight away so I think I started off well I was uh, playing decent up but I picked up a, I picked up kind of a frustrating injury there with um, my Achilles so I was going to set you back a small bit so um, I'm just focused on getting back fit now and trying to get back in the team, you know. That is uh, Cove Ramblers midfielder Darren Murphy and indeed Cove Ramblers boss Stuart Ashton chatting to Roar during the week ahead of tonight's Cove versus Shelburne game. Ramblers taking on shells at 7 o'clock so kick off there in about 10 minutes time down at St. Coleman's Park. Now the FA Cup still ongoing. There is 77 minutes on the clock now and Leicester still 1-0 up on Chelsea there. Tielemans with the goal in that game. We're going to talk about football now and uh, the rest of the games across the weekend, the Premier League game including the West Ham and uh, West Ham Brighton game tonight and all the games tomorrow and so on as well and we're joined by the legendary Ronnie Whedon I caught up with Ronnie earlier on and um, asked him about all the games during the during the weekend but also I started off by asking him about Man City finally being crowned champions again during the week yeah more than well deserved magnificent squad of players um, a magnificent squad of players who the managers got all on side you know, they, they, it's not like he puts the same eleven out every week. He chops and changes and brings players in and leaves others on the bench. And he's worked it very, very well. He's won the league and he's a couple of cup finals to come up as well. I was actually found it interesting during the week because Solskjaer got a bit of grief for feeling uh, uh, ten changes, kind of a, a, almost a second string team. Still quite a strong team against Leicester during the week, and he got a bit of flack for feeling a weakened team. But Man City are, are chopping and changing like that every week, albeit they have a stronger squad. So it's kind of harsh having to go off Solskjaer then, isn't it? No, not really. Unless you <laughs> mess up Liverpool. Don't say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, Klopp has come out as well, hasn't he? Klopp's come out and said he would have done the same. Yeah, um, yeah it doesn't help Liverpool, really. Um, but, no, I think managers now, the amount of games they have, he's got three games in five days, he has to chop and change. I just wished he would have rested everyone against Aston Villa rather than against Leicester. Off them as well. They look better while the pressure is off. Ings is back in the team now. Gets a couple of goals. Um, you always want your goal scoring, which is the problem Fulham have got. They can't score goals um, and they let goals in. So for me, I think Southampton will win that one. Brighton, West Ham then on Saturday evening. Brighton, nothing to play for. West Ham, very much with something to play for. They're very much still in the running for the top four along with a couple of other teams. And they've had a phenomenal season. Do you think that they'll have enough to uh, to beat Brighton? Um, Brighton are very, very difficult to play at home. Um, 
I've said it before about Brighton, they play some great footballing games. And I, I, um, I, I think this will be a draw. I think West Ham, I don't think they'll have enough to go there. Although they are fighting them for Champions League places, I think West Ham will do enough, um, Brighton will do enough to hold them to a draw. Quite a few more games then across the weekend. We'll look at the rest of the games on Sunday. Uh, the first one up on Sunday, Ronnie, is Palace against Villa. Um, again, two teams with nothing much to play for, uh, but they'll both be happy with another season in the Premier League. And I mean, they've both done all right this season by their standards. How do you see that one going? Yeah, I was reading a bit about it earlier. Crystal Palace um, looks like they're going to get rid of Roy Hodgson, doesn't it, at the end of the season. Mm. He's done a magnificent job for me at Crystal Palace with the players he has at the football club. It would be a nice send-off if he could go off with a win. Um, but I'm not too sure. For me, that, that is, again, is for me... Is going to be a draw because there's nothing between them really. Um, Villa started so well but dropped away, as you could imagine, because of the amount of in the squad they have. But um, I think that'll be a score draw, actually. You mentioned Roy Hodgson. I mean, he, he's had a, a wonderful managerial career. Crystal Palace is his local side, and I mean, he's done a great job with them. But I suppose he's he's 74, pushing 75 now at this stage. So I mean, this will probably be his last job, you'd imagine, wouldn't it? Um, we probably said his last job was his last job. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, he, he wants to be involved in it. Um, over 70, he's loved every minute of it. I'm sure people you talk to say he's just a great fella. Um, he's done well as a manager all over the world. So yeah, it'd be. I'm sure they'll stay in the game in some capacity. Yeah. But um, it'd be nice if they went if he went off with a win. Spurs and Wolves then at two o'clock on Sunday. Um, Spurs really have fallen away, really, haven't they, Ronnie? I mean, if, if you look at Spurs back at Christmas time, they were they were top of the league just before Christmas, and um, Mourinho was was supposedly doing a great job. Everyone thought. Then it just went downhill from there. Mourinho's been sacked, and really, like they they've fallen away. And and you'd wonder what's next for Spurs, wouldn't you? Obviously, they'll be looking for a new manager in the summer, but hopes of the top four have faded now as well. Yeah, you would have thought um, they'd be looking for a new manager. Um, who's out there? I'm sure they've got their eye on someone. I'm sure they had their eye on someone. Um, when Mourinho was gone, if we see a manager coming out of a job at the end of the season, you'll probably think to yourself, well, that could be the Tottenham, the new Tottenham manager. Yeah, they have gone back a bit. Um, but I still think they've got enough to win this game against Wolves, who who've, their season's also petered out a bit as well, hasn't it? They they, they were up there sixth, fifth, and then they've dropped off as well. So Spurs are home, yeah, and if they get Bale and, and Kane and Son and more of these people in the game, um, they'll win it fairly easily. West Brom and Wolves then is the half four or West Brom and Liverpool sorry is the half four game on Sunday and West Brom relegated Big Sam couldn't keep him up we thought he might uh, have a bit of a better go off it than he did Liverpool as we mentioned every week, week Ronnie I mean they, they've had a very disappointing season as defending champions but they're still there thereabouts pushing for the top four in the last couple of games it is going to be difficult for them to get in there but I mean I think I think no matter what even if they finish fourth it'll be viewed as a disappointing season won't it? Yeah um, to be fair very disappointing yes there are circumstances we all know about COVID and pandemics and whatever but other teams have gone through that as well and they've they've shown better you look at Man United um, all throughout the season have been way better than Liverpool but um, I think Liverpool players are just wanting to get this season over with um, it's a hard one to call West Brom can just play with um, with freedom just go about the game a lot of freedom Liverpool still a little bit nervous about top four so it's a hard one to call. You'd have to think Liverpool could win the game, but we've said that a few times against teams near the bottom this season and we've come unstuck. 
Then it's Everton and Sheffield United on Sunday night at 7 o'clock. Um, Everton had a good win last week against West Ham. Um, West Ham would have been the favourites for that game. And Everton have had a pretty good season under Carlo Ancelotti by their standards. Sheffield United have had a horrendous season, relegated a few weeks ago. Um, you'd probably have to fancy Everton there, wouldn't you, Ronnie? Yeah, you would. Um, Sheffield United players now just as well hoping for the end of the season to come as quickly as possible so they can get away, have a holiday, come back refreshed and then try and get promoted into, back into the Premiership next season. Um, Everton, as you said, had a great win, so puts them right back up there in the running again. So this should be three points for Everton, which will keep the pressure on the teams around them. Just to mention for the uh, the Championship playoff semi-finals quickly, Ronnie, you're on, um, on Monday as well. Barnley versus, Barnsley versus Swansea, Bournemouth versus Brentford. Who would you fancy out of those four clubs to come up there? Uh, for me, Sneak and Feel and Bournemouth will be the ones that will come up. They've got they've been through this before, Bournemouth. They've been in the Premiership for a, a good few years. Um, I think they'll have the experience to get through it all and, and go up. Great stuff. Busy weekend of football and uh, the second last weekend. Ronnie, enjoy the weekend, enjoy the football and we'll chat to you next week. Thanks, Colm. Speak to you soon. Ronnie Whelan and we'll chat to him again on the show for the last weekend of the Premier League season next week. Um, the FA Cup now 84 minutes, only six minutes left at Wembley. It is still Leicester 1-0 up on Chelsea there. Tielemans goal giving Leicester the lead. So will they hold on for their first ever FA Cup? We shall see over the next uh, less than 10 minutes, I suppose, at Wembley. That is uh, me out of time and us out of time for this evening. We were hoping to chat athletics as well, but we'll hold that over till Rory tomorrow evening. Rory as well tomorrow evening from 6 with all the reaction of course to the Cork Hurlers tonight against Tip best of luck to the Rebels against Tip tonight up in Semple Stadium in the National Hurling League um, that is us out of time Stevie G on the way Rory's here tomorrow from 6 The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm